Hi, my name is Sydney Mitchell. Hi, I'm Matthew Brickman, Florida Supreme Court mediator. Welcome to the Mediate This podcast, where we discuss everything mediation and conflict resolution. Well, Matthew, I'm really excited about our conversation today. Uh, Everyone in our last episode, we talked about how the baseline child support rate is calculated. And today we're going to talk about the additional child support related expenses that are included in both a mediation agreement for divorce, as well as a mediation agreement for paternity. Um, So Matthew, take us away. All right. So um, as you said, yeah, these are found in both the paternity and a divorce agreement uh, under the child support section. So the first thing that we do is um, we have to get their gross incomes, um, whether they are actual or agreed upon. And those are what we would use in the child support, you know, that we had talked about last time. And then once we get those, the very first thing that we talk about Um, is daycare, aftercare, and summer care. Um, So, you know, in the last episode, we talked about how that's one of the line items, one of the statutory components that's supposed to be in the child support calculation. But I think we had mentioned that we uh, a lot of times leave that out. Um, And so the reason why we leave it out is because it's a moving target. Like Mm -hmm. say, for example, you have like a three or a four year old. So you've got daycare. Well, once that child starts pre-K, well, now you only have half a day of daycare, and once the child is in kindergarten, well, now you have aftercare. If we had... Sorry, finish your thought, and we can cut that one out. Okay, so if we had uh, put it into the child support guidelines calculation, then every time it changes, the parties would be forced to pay to reopen their case, Mm -hmm. come back to mediation, and redo the number. And... I was going to say, are we having to renegotiate this every time or are we deciding what that's going to look like at every stage of their life, putting it in here and now it's decided upon? So great question with an answer of, we don't know what those costs are at every stage of life, right? Like let's say for example- Because their incomes might change and things like that. Incomes might change, but also the cost of daycare, like we know inflation, right? We know things always go up. So right now, child care for an aftercare may be like $150 a week, but they may have a three-year-old. Well, that, who knows if that is still going to be $150 a week in three years when right. they need it. Right. So no, it's impossible to do that. So it really does force them to have to come back. That also clogs up the judicial system, um, and it just it unnecessarily causes the parties to spend money. So Right. How do you, how do you streamline this then? Because there are so many changing variables through the years. Yeah. So, so what we've done is let me first tell you what this, what the statute says. Okay. With regards to childcare. So the statute says that childcare costs, that's daycare, pre-care, aftercare, summer care, Child care costs incurred due to employment, job search, or education that's calculated to result in employment or to enhance the income of current employment of either parent shall be added to the basic child support obligation. So that's why it's a line item in the child support calculation that we talked about last time. Because the statute says, fine, this is where it goes. Now, What's interesting is 
let's say, for example, that mom is in school. And so she requires aftercare. Dad works and um, works and he gets off early, so he doesn't need aftercare. So does mom have to pay for it and dad doesn't have to contribute towards it? No. If one or both of them need it, then it's there and they're both contributing towards that cost. Hmm. I did not know that. I'm think I'm just thinking about, you know, me growing up, my parents were divorced since I was really young. Uh, in case some of you guys don't know my story. And yeah, I'm thinking about all the times that I was in after school care and X, Y, Z. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm starting to put pieces together for my own, what my own, you know, what my parents negotiation could have been. So this is always interesting for me to hear. Yeah. So now there are times where, for example, the parties will negotiate because look, you're in, you know, the parties are in mediation. They can agree to do whatever they want. There are times where the parties will say, Hey, look, you know what? We're going to negotiate this. I don't need it. You need it. So you pay for it not, and, and I'll just take care of my own. And they are like, okay, fine. Like again, mm-hmm. it's, it's mediation. They can negotiate everything, but if not, then they're both, they're both putting the child into an aftercare program, a summer care program, um, so that they can work. Right mm-hmm. now, if you remember back to the parenting plan where we talked about shared parental responsibility and decision-making, and it says the parties have to mutually agree on the facility. They do not have to agree on whether or not the child is being placed into a child care program. So the reason for the, the reason for the mutual agreement on the facility is let's say that mom needs it and dad doesn't. Well, statutorily, they both have to contribute. So let's say the mom says, hey, I'm going to put the child in this private daycare at $1,000 a week. And dad's like, why? Their you know, regular daycare is, is $150 a week, right? Mm-hmm. Well, no, they have to agree on that because they do have a split of the financial responsibility. But they don't have to agree on whether or not the child's placed. If the child has to be placed there because one or both of the parents either have to get a job, they're looking for a job, or they're in school to enhance their income and make more money. Yeah, do you have a question? What, what happens if, um, you see me kind of just pointing at you here, um, what happens if the two parties cannot agree on the facility that, you know, that one of them may be suggesting that, that the child goes to for aftercare or something like that? Do you ever have any, you know, how would you deal with that? Do you, have you ever had any obscure situations where you know, the parents just could not agree on something like this? Um, how would, how would they, how would they handle it or how is that addressed or is it even addressed in this document? Well, it can be. And actually I had that recently in a mediation where um, the father, all right. So the child, the child went previously went to a specific um, daycare. It was a daycare. Okay. Cause the child wasn't in school yet. Now the child is about to go to pre-K. And so the child's just going to need to have what they call wraparound care or aftercare, right? The mother wants the child to go back to, or, or, or actually to, um, stay in the facility that the child has been doing daycare in. Mm-hmm. Dad wants to move the child to a different facility. Okay, why? Well, mom wants to keep the child in this particular facility because it's closer to her 
home mm-hmm. and dad wants to move to a particular uh, daycare because it's closer to his job. So it then helps facilitate then the pickup drop off and the time sharing, right? I mean, all these things all are intertwined together. Mm-hmm. So we went round and round and round. We then pulled up all, you know, the, both the parents had done their research on, you know, this one's a gold star label or this one's rated this, or this one's rated that. And, you know, Oh, I've, you know, I, you know, this pair this, uh, what do they call it? Um, child teacher ratio is smaller. There's a smaller classroom. It's more individualist. This one has cameras and you can log in and watch the child. And I mean, all the di- you know, the parties bring all of the things that they would need to bring to a court of law if they're going to let a judge figure it out. Mm-hmm. And so we look at all these things. We research these. We talk ins and outs. And then, you know, um, generally, Sydney, that happens when the parties have attorneys. When the parties do not have attorneys and they're trying to stay out of hiring attorneys and they don't mm-hmm. want to go to court, they've already figured this out. Yeah. And, and what happens when you know, let's say I'm a mom and I have, you know, you know, our time sharing agreement is let's say 60, 40, or, you know, I'm as a mom, I have primary, you know, I have more time with the child than my ex-husband does. Um, Does that then influence the weight of, you know, because I have the child more, I get to have more say in where the child goes. How, how is that dealt with? So it used to, because remember, you know, there's no primary secondary parenting right. in Florida. Back when there was primary secondary, it wasn't just primary for quote unquote time sharing. It was primary as time sharing and decision making. Well, when they when they got rid of the primary secondary parenting, they separated out the two issues: time sharing and decision making. So yeah, you could have a 60-40, you still have 50-50 set. Okay. Uh, And especially when it comes to the monetary uh, component and contribution of these things, of these, um, there are two different ways to do it. So let's continue with this paragraph. Sorry, I don't mean to pause this up with all my questions. I'm just trying to think in the mind of in the middle of negotiating something like that. No, no, and and, and these, look, you're asking the questions of the situations that I deal with every day. So these are the questions that, you know, the parties probably have. You know, as they're listening to this, they're probably going, well, but my situation's like this. Well, what about this? Well, do I have more say because I have more time? Um, You know, keep in mind, everybody needs to keep in mind that the statute is child focused. So everything is best interest of the child. The court actually does not care if it's if it's more convenient or less convenient for one or both parents. They don't care. They don't care if they're in the car because here's the deal. Let's say, for example, Sydney. Before we, before we continue, let's say, for example, that the daycare for mom is a little bit closer to mom, a little bit further from dad, right? So mom has to do a little less driving. Dad has to do a little more driving. Okay, so take mom and dad's perspective out of it. You, and you know this firsthand, you are the child of divorce, right? Mm-hmm. You're in the car the same amount of time. It doesn't matter if it's further or closer for mom or dad. The child is in the car the same amount of time. Mm-hmm. And so the court doesn't care if it's more or less convenient for mom or dad. The child's in the same situation. They're in the car. You they know, still got to go from one place to another, regardless of <laughs> whose yeah, car they're in. Oh, that makes yeah, total sense. Yeah, you still got the transportation. So 
So daycare, aftercare, summer care is necessary due to either or both of the parents' employment, job search or education calculated to result in employment or enhance the income. So how do we get around having to put it into the child support guidelines worksheet and actually have it there where they have to keep coming back? Well, I have a paragraph that explains to the court what they're doing and why they're doing it so that they can save money. So, and, and, and it's written, as you can see, it's written in very, very, very plain English, no legal jargon. It says, the parties acknowledge that this is one of the costs to be included in the child support guidelines calculation. But due to the age of the child and this cost increasing or decreasing over time, in order to save the parties money from incurring fees for filing multiple modifications, like we've talked about, mm -hmm. additional attorney's fees and mediation costs, because that was what they would need to come and then redo the child support, the parties agree that this cost will be left outside of the child support guidelines calculation, but be divided with the mother paying a percentage, father paying a percentage. So let's stop there. Where do we get the percentages? Remember when we talked child support last time, when we ran the child support based on mom and dad or husband and wife's income in the child support guidelines worksheet, there was a line item that said, okay, well, dad brings 60% of the money to the table. Mom brings 40% of the money to the table. So that's one way that we figure out then the percentage of responsibility for childcare because, because it's supposed to be in the guidelines. If it's in the guidelines, it will be split based on their percentages of income. Mm -hmm. If so, it only makes sense that it's still split the same on the outside, but sometimes this is a negotiation tool. Mm -hmm. So they may say, Hey, look, mom may say, I want my, my daycare opposed to dad. And so they agree, well, you know what, where dad may have contributed 60% in mom 40, he'll say, fine, you can have it. But you know what? You pay 70, I'll pay 30. Or we'll pay 50, 50. They can negotiate. I mean, we have said over and over throughout this podcast, everything's negotiable. Mm -hmm. And so this is another piece that is negotiable. Now, if the parties cannot agree, then statutorily, it's in the child support guidelines worksheet. That's the percentage that they're doing, and that's how they divide it up. So we have talked about this is a statutory component, but we're going to leave it out. We've explained why we're leaving it out. We've talked about how they're each going to be responsible, but then, all right, how do you pay it? Like, you know, just the next logical piece. So the parties will each pay his or her portion directly to the provider on time and in full when due. If the parties are unable to pay his or her portion directly to the provider due to the provider not accepting separate payments, then, and this is another piece that is negotiable, Sydney, within 14 days, sometimes it's 30 days, uh, but within a certain period of time of paying the expense, the party who paid the expense will then forward to the other party proof that they made the payment and provide a copy of the receipt, and then the other party will reimburse their portion within that same time frame, so like 14 or 30 days of receiving proof of payment and copies of receipts. So here's, the, here's, here's what's happening here, is that we don't want them to be exchanging monies back and forth and doing their own accounting, right? As little as possible. 
because then, you know, he says, Hey, I paid it. She's like, not in full. Yes, I did. No, I did. Uh, yeah, it's a mess. And this is where you find so, people in court. <laughs> yeah. So it's easier that look, if we're going to leave it outside and if dad's paying 60, mom's paying 40, or if it's mom's facility and they agree, mom's paying 70, dad's paying 30, if they're doing 50, whatever the percentages are, they're each going to pay their portion to the facility. Okay. Now some facilities will not do this. They're like, because look, the only way the child's going there is if they're getting paid. Well, they're not going to be wait. You know, they're not going to get mom 70% and wait for dad's 30 and let the kids mm -hmm. still go there. And dad's not paying. Right. So some facilities will allow it. Some of them won't, but we build in that. We, we build in the option. If the facility allows, then this is how it's done. So the parties aren't exchanging monies. But if they don't allow, then let's say, for example, mom pays the bill. Well, she's going to then pay the bill. She's going to take a copy of the receipt and proof of payment um, or and uh, like, like her check or her debit or however she's paying Venmo, PayPounds, you know, however. And she's going to take a picture of that and text or email it to dad. Then he has whatever the timeline is, he has X amount of days to then reimburse her. So generally I like everything on 14 days because number one, most people get paid either semi-monthly or bi-weekly. Like everyone gets paid either every other week or you get paid twice a month. It's not, you know, most people don't get paid weekly and rarely does anybody get paid monthly, right? So I like putting this on a 14 day turnaround because look, basically when you get your paycheck, then you're, then you're reimbursing because like, let's say for example, one of the parents fronts the entire bill. Well, that means that now they're short, right? Um, and not, and not in height, but short monetarily. And so, you know, they need to get that money back. Mm -hmm. So that's why, okay, mom's got 14 days to give it to dad. And look, life is busy. So we don't put these tight time like you got to give it within 24 hours. No, you got 14 days. And then guess what? Then he's got to reimburse within 14 days of giving it. Because she may give it to him and he may be in, in, in between a pay period and not able to give it to her, right? Mm -hmm. But within 14 days, fine, can reimburse. Now, then we've got two more sentences. The first one says, Failure to timely provide proof of payment as set forth in this paragraph shall be deemed a waiver of the right for reimbursement. So let's say, for example, again, mom is fronting the bill. And this means that mom cannot just collect a bill, collect, 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 and then six months later say, hey, buddy, you owe me $10,000. <laughs> no, that's not how this works. So, so you got 14 days, you know, if, if that's what we select, 14 days within 14 days of paying the expense, the party who paid the expense will forward the other party proof that they made the payment. So she's got 14 days. If she does not give it in 14 days, she cannot come and ask for it. She is 100% responsible for it. Done, over, moving on. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, the next sentence. Failure to timely make reimbursement shall be enforceable through contempt of court proceedings. So let's say that mom fronts 100%, gives it to dad within 14 days, and then dad does not reimburse mom within 14 days, then she could file a motion for contempt enforcement for failure to pay. That's how that works. So, you know, it, it, it levels the playing field. It, it allows the parties to be able to 
put the child in to some sort of care so that they can go to school, find a job or work. We talk about what percentages they're paying, and then we talk about how they're paying it, and then we've got consequences for providing proof and also failing to pay. And that takes care of the first of a number of additional things that are, you know, child support, like you said in your intro, child support is baseline, and then we've got, okay, plus, 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 plus. Now, sometimes with this, Sydney, it doesn't say daycare aftercare is necessary. Sometimes we'll say may become, because let's say, for example, that, you know, both of the maternal grandmother or the, the maternal and paternal grandmothers are watching the child. Mm-hmm. But maybe one day it may happen because they may not forever be able to watch the child. They may be elderly or whatnot. So we still build this in that says, okay, look, it's not necessary now, but it may become necessary. And if it becomes necessary, here's all the rules and how it happens. Right. Um, so that's, that's daycare, aftercare, and summer camp portion. Occasionally, Sydney and I will be releasing Q&A bonus episodes where we will answer your questions and give you a personal shout out. If you have a comment or question regarding anything that we discuss, email us at info at iChatMediation.com. That's info at iChat, I-C-H-A-T, Mediation.com. And stay tuned to hear your shout out and have your question answered here on the show. For more information about my services or to schedule your mediation with me, either in person or using my iChat Mediation virtual platform built by Cisco Communications, visit me online at imediateinc.com. Call me at 561-262-9121, toll free at 877-822-1479, or email me at mbrickman at iChatMediation.com.